You gotta turn us back. Yo, 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 <laughs> boy. So as I was, uh, as you were in the bathroom with us telling Nick and Aaron, I, I had this like aha moment with um, stuff that I'm studying the, the the weak force, but I can't tell anybody about it because no one cares. <laughs> Anyone want a little bit more of the grisette? I'll have some. Uh, I'll have some. Um, can I also mention? Sorry, Greg, to interrupt, yeah. but it's. Um, I was updating my untap now that we're no longer on the air and I can grab my phone. The pieces of eight has a rating of a four point like almost four point five. It's untapped. Everything is a four point something or three point something. I know. That bothers me. <laughs> but it's just like I'm like, damn, I just gave these fuckers like a two star. <laughs> I like really gave them yeah, a harsh. Do you find the untapped rankings reliable? Like no, to not actually at all. yeah. I mean I, what I do when I'm, like, looking for a new beer, when I'm, like, browsing or something like that, yeah. is I'll read the comments, and I'll find someone who seems to have a general idea, and I'll listen to what they have to say about it. And, because then, those are usually the guys, like, it's funny, we have some friends whose wedding we're going to tomorrow, and they're like, we always look at your things, and you, like, give, like, three stars out of five all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, it was an okay beer. And they're like, well, I mean, we, I mean, an okay beer to us is still, like, I'm like, no, it was, it was average. It was three stars. And you're in the middle. And they're like, well, I can't believe you gave that one two and a half stars. I was like, it was a below average beer. Yeah. Like, you never give five stars. Like, no, I do. Headhunter got a five star. I was like, they're, they're there. They're there. They're rare. They're they should rare. Be. They it should, should be. be like 10% of the yeah. beers you taste yeah. or less. That's what I mean. Like, I'm usually between three, uh, 2.5 to... I'm, I'm like right in the middle, 2.5 to 3.5 or 4. And then we're going to turn Aaron's mic a bit. That's where like 40% of your beers, you know, should land, right? It's like because they're I don't average. Aaron because her, it's her just mic the, is. It's fine. Yeah. That's fake, they are. It's <laughs> super mic. Yeah. But what I think is a lot of people that use Untapped, they are new to the craft beer world. I, I think that's. And undeveloped probably. palettes. Well, untap makes it too easy to review beer. Well, no, I think this is a this is and, a cultural issue because if you if there are people who oh I hate Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes doesn't you know doesn't reflect my view of them. It's not about that, right? It's about getting an aggregate and and yeah. and the whole uh, like I look at Rotten Tomatoes, the aggregate tells me whether something is interesting or not, and I should point out that. Both a very negative score and a very positive score are interesting. Both of those are interesting. And yeah. then I look to see who the reviewers are and what they say. And Well, and, that's what I do with Untapped. I look at the reviewers. And that's the say. important part. It's like you, you want to see not you – not, you don't just go by the number. You go by – the number get, gets you in, and then you look and see if there are reviewers that seem to have a similar – take on what they like that you do and that that gives yeah. you the idea yeah and because that's how i feel about untapped it's like um there are a lot of people like like obviously i'm still working on my palette i think everyone's always working on their palette and trying to develop and never done but what i noticed with a lot of my friends um a lot of our friends aaron is like it, you can give them any beer and it's like the greatest thing they ever had <laughs> and i was like that too though when I first started getting into this and started really starting to expand, every good beer was a phenomenal beer for me. Yes, Because yes. I had no standards set. But now I'm starting to get whales. And I'm starting <laughs> to get, like... Bruh. Like, things whales, that are bruh. just, like, that not everyone has. Aaron has had that. You had some Sam Adams that not too many people were able to have. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, the... Um, the Grand Crew. Yeah. And it's like, once you start getting to that, then you start realizing, wow, that's not that great. That's okay. It's good. Yeah. Victory makes okay stuff. I enjoy Victory. But would I put them in my top brewery? No. But when I first started, Victory was one of my favorite ales. Sure. I mean, one of my favorite companies. I thought they were fucking fantastic. I thought Dogfish Head was fantastic. And now I'm drinking and I'm like, they're go-tos. They're okay because you can get them at a dive bar now. Yeah, they, and that's no, the beauty of it. I mean, for both of those, I mean, Prima Pills is still Prima Pills pretty is good. outstanding. I was say, and, that's a good... You know, I mean, I'm not saying they're my bad. Favorite dogfish, all. My favorite dogfish that isn't, you know, ultra hard to get is probably Sequench. Their Goza, you know, the Black Limes. That one's really good. And so. that's very good, but I think... See, uh, I like their 60 minute. I think Namaste is better. Namaste? That's the whip beer, right? Oh, yeah, the yeah. Whip beer yeah, spices. I, one, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Eh, I'm, I'm a little... It's it's good. doesn't excite me. I think the, the Sequench is probably... 60 minute. See, I like their 60 minute right. far better than their 90 minute or 120 60 minute. 60 minute is more drinkable than the 90 or the 120. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's what, and 60 minute's my go-to right. in I a dive bar that doesn't have much beer besides. Right. Yeah. I don't have enough patience for 60 minute. I, I need something with a little more hop character to it. <laughs> um, the 60 minute you, was... you watch too much internet porn, you can't get can't away you're from right. hardcore yeah. shit now. Yeah. You're the stuck on the hardcore stuff. You're not going to do it anymore. <laughs> It's not incest porn. It doesn't help. Doesn't do anything. Now you need the animals in there. Okay. Yeah, I wish Miss Incest Porn was more mainstream. <laughs> more well, on the post was, show. It I was a line from from the Rick and Morty. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's one of the things that I do not wish. But it was like, like, because that's the weirdest thing. We talked about this before, I think. But, um, Aaron, you're fine with porn, right? Yeah. Yeah. When when you're when you're looking at porn. There's a lot of incest porn these days. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's stepmother and or, or, or stepsister. Well, or that's even, not incest. Or even step. just plain it's mother. Just, it's usually or, like well, sister and brother have sex the, for the first time. But that's the plot, right? I mean, like, you know, Pornhub shows you the actors and you know they're yeah, not related. Right. It's yeah. the plot. I mean, it's a, it's a sense of taboo. Yeah. I mean, right, that's it's what taboo. it is. It's the ooze. And then you, when you really see, like, you know, like, oh, I recognize her. You know, it's like, but, but next door. And, and, you know, and it's funny, but if you're listening to the audio, then sometimes they'll throw, oh, yeah, brother. And you like, they say that shit all the time. Like, like, oh, oh, man, I always want to know. I, my, but I can't the, believe my brother has such a big cock. Oh, fuck me harder. But you're in the middle of it. You're in the middle of it. And you're like, I guess I'm in this now. And you like, stop. I'm you like, you do the quick little stop for a second. Ah, fuck it. <laughs> you just keep on going. Oh, wow. This has quitted quickly. <laughs> it's post You know we're so. talking about, Aaron. Uh, yeah, yeah. Clicking that button? Totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. What do you, what do you, what do you, also, what do you flick that bean? Yeah. <laughs> That's not one of my go-tos, but okay. So, okay, so... you. So you're you're in there, Greg, and you're invested, and it turns you know they start doing the incest talk, and you're like, ah. So I also know you're not a fan of anal, right? So right. what happens when you know he slips up and puts it in the wrong hole? Do you I change s- channels? I, I I skip back to the part where there's regular sex going on. <laughs> I mean, well, I feel like that's a lot what happens with the, the incest porn is everyone yeah. just kind of skips through the dirty yeah. talk. I mean, in any porn though, it's so annoying when they talk. It's like, shut the fuck up. Right. What are you doing? I don't care. 
Just just move. Go get your fornication yeah. on. I'll be done in five minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to, you know, and, and don't go with the. Uh, uh, I don't need to hear you. And but, it, it might be sexist of me, and I can totally like see yeah. that. But when the guy starts talking, it's over. <laughs> I mean, wait, as soon as I hear, yeah, baby, I'm just like, oh, all right, well, uh, dropping loads. I'm gonna go play Warcraft <laughs> instead. Loads. I'm done. Dropping yeah. loads. Oh. It's. It, I mean. But but if you like that, I, I don't I want to make it clear. Like for well, that's I mean, sexual yeah. preferences are to your own. I mean, that's it's like totally humor. Cool. It's a completely subjective yeah, thing. Absolutely, go for it. But yeah, for me, it's not not my thing. Yeah, I mean, you want to shove a dildo up my ass? That's fine. But if you want to like fucking talk, uh, have a dude talking during sex? No, thank you. I mean, I, I mean, those are two different standards. But yeah, that's what it really is. really opening up to us tonight. <laughs> you're his, you're his, here is cuddly little bear. Cracking up off to the yeah. side. Yeah, Aaron, tell us all about your sex stuff. Oh God, what? Uh, trust me, I tried. Greg's Nick's cuddly little bear. And now he has a dildo up his ass. This is all making sense. Now. <laughs> Oh, my ass. Wow. <laughs> this will be like the greatest post show ever. No. No. Okay. <laughs> no. It's already quite the train wreck. <laughs> well, no, train wrecks are, I mean, like, there's this episode we did where we got super drunk at East End Brewing that is a complete train wreck. Oh, my wreck. God. And yet, <laughs> I see the embarrassment in Jeff's yeah, face right now. Not one of my finest moments. And, and yet, there is something eminently listenable about it because we—I mean, it was still—it was a blast. We had a great time, but it was not a good show. It, yeah. In terms of definition of of what this this show is, nothing like what this show should be. Well, Aaron and I—we were in Orlando a month, two I, months ago, something like that, and. Our train was late by like five hours because it actually hit a car. It was it was parked. The car there was, was no parked. one. No one was Nobody killed. Nobody was killed already. They got out of the car when the train no, was coming. No, the but car was parked. They just parked it. And on... They parked it. Oh, was that what it was? Yes, they wow. parked it over the train track. That was it. That, car, that was it. They parked it over the train track. And then after that, there was a huge investigation and all that. <coughs> but like our train ended up being late. But like five hours. Yep. It was ridiculous. It, it, we ended up being extremely late, and we, we arrived back in D.C. extremely late. It was a little bit of a disappointment, but at least it was us leaving Orlando and not like trying to get to, to Disney, Disney uh-huh. the most magical place on Earth, mm-hmm. except for when a hurricane comes through, then, and yeah. they close down and their magic stops. But <laughs> Magic can't stop hurricanes, <laughs> what you tell me. Yeah, Irma, Irma was like, fuck your magic, we're stopping this shit. <laughs> or was it, was it Irma? The happiest, it was Irma. Yeah, the yeah, happiest Irma. place on what? I don't know. I forget. There's so many extremely catastrophic no, Jose, hurricanes. So there was early this Jose's year. Jose is the right one that's now. coming, but it's yeah. a tropical storm. Uh, it was a hurricane, but now it's just down to a tropical storm. But what was the one that hit? Harvey. 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 That was it. That's the one that hit Florida. No. No. That's Harvey. one that hit Texas, Texas and then Irma. All right. Look, climate change is happening, okay. and I forget all the extremely that, apocalyptic, catastrophic things. When you think about it, if I was a religious person. Uh-huh. I would totally think this is the end of times. There are so many fires happening right now in our country. There's so many... Every time. Yeah. I know. Every time people want to live in the end of times. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. If I was a religious person, Everyone says the world's going to end, and it never does. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) Universe and the world doesn't give two shits about us. Not at all. 
It would love to eradicate us and then continue on. Well, it wouldn't love to at all. It, would, it wouldn't yeah, care just one be bit. like, oh, 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 I fucking swatted it that gives fly. no shits. Yeah. God damn it. It, it. it doesn't even notice us. It's not... We are not... The universe is doing its own thing. We are... <laughs> We, we, we are dirt under a toenail of the universe. It's not... We're that significant? I didn't even think we were that significant. We, we are proteins <laughs> in the dirt. There we I was going to say, dirt under a toenail. That's, yeah. that's an annoyance. That's, a, that's quite a significance. <laughs> I actually had I, I had this... Um, it reminds me of a conversation I did have with somebody online where, where he made, like... I'm so... You know what? I'll read it because it is... Nick, do you uh, have the uh, capacity to try another beer? Yeah, that's fine. Because we have only uh, cracked open last week that was pretty good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Would so love to. This. Thank you. And Aaron, you can try too if you are so inclined. Yeah, she'll I try think it. I'm bearded out. Oh, come on, uh, try uh, it. All right, fine. But like the tiniest, littlest, like... You can, you can just have them from my glass. Okay, that works. Okay, so this guy was saying... Um, should I just read the whole thing? Yeah, go for it. It's a big paragraph, but yeah, go ahead. Read Tonight is Mickey Mouse. Huh? <laughs> Close <laughs> enough. Tonight, for the first time in a long time, I stopped and took the time to gaze off into space and marvel at its vastness. Which is fine. Okay, okay. that's yeah. a good way to start. Yeah, sure. do that. All right. I was filled with awe as, as if I was seeing it for the first time, and a verse came to my mind. A verse. Quote, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? A son of man that you care for him. Hebrews 2, 5 through 7. Oh, God. The feeling of pure humility came over me when I realized how infinitesimally small I am, almost to the point of non-existence. I was also amazed by my lack of understanding about what I was looking at and how comical it is (laughs) that we humans strut around like we have it all figured out. We don't even fully understand the lump of mush that allows us to perceive at all. I was filled with gratitude that the great I am cares enough about us, cares about us enough to reveal himself to us. <coughs> I've been told many times there is no evidence of creation. <coughs> yet tonight I felt as if I were to awake alone on an island with no recollection of how I arrived there, and if nobody had ever told me about God, I would be without excuse for not acknowledging him. I apologize for the long preface but it felt it necessary to ask the following questions. One, how could one not be humbled when faced with this awe-inspiring reality? Two, is it not laughable to hear, to hear people make definitive claims about their certainty that no creator exists in light of our almost infinite lack of understanding? Okay. Um, should I go with my response? Well, that was rude. Well, no, I want to say you're <laughs> schmuck. The, All right, go the ahead. Last, the last one, okay. too. Like, Here is my response. Uh, I, I just want to ask, where, this is the field has eyes, right? Yes. Okay. Here's my response. How can the protein in a cell producing the toenail on your left foot not be humbled by its very existence? How could it not be filled with gratefulness and gratitude that you, the body on which it is produced, made of seemingly uncountable number of cells with different functions, deems the protein worthy enough that you won't simply lop off your toe and leave it to die. <laughs> That's you. That's what you sound like. <laughs> and then, That's you. And then the number two I quoted, is, you know, is it not laughable to hear people make definitive claims about their certainty that no creator exists in the output? And I said, it certainly would be true 
it, it would be laughable if people made definitive claims about certainty. Yes, that would be laughable. But that's not very common, so no. <laughs> so it was like one of those things where it, it just just appreciate the scale of the situation, change the scale, and it comes becomes a completely different thing. Why should why should the protein in that's making a toenail be so fucking grateful? Oh, oh my god, body, you exist. It, it, well, you I don't mean, care why. Your your response uh, reminds me of uh, something that like obviously we're all huge Rick and Morty fans and Dan Harmon and not that every single person that's famous has uh, influence on us but he he had an interview where he talked about uh, obviously paraphrasing the entire interview where he's saying like uh, yeah, the the importance of like yeah Rick and Morty talks about atheism a lot and talks about not God not being a thing and that the universe doesn't care about mm-hmm. you you are insignificant when it comes to the universe and he goes well, that's the beauty of it. When you realize that the universe, you're so small when it comes to everything else around you, it makes everything around you matter. Right. And they talk about the uh, episode where uh, Morty says, um, nobody exists on purpose, nobody belongs anywhere, come watch TV. As being one of the greatest, to me, one of my that favorite my quotes. Favorite. Yeah, absolute my favorite, favorite quote. Because it's just like, who gives a fuck? Right. About what? Stop worrying about. Stop this. worrying about this everything. Is not because all that matters is the fact that we're here. We have this opportunity to allow us to watch some fucking great TV. To relax. <laughs> to be here, and that's that's the beauty of mm-hmm. it. And that was the whole interview was based around that idea. And to me, that like summed up my life in a second, because. <laughs> Um, well, if we're going into this, like, when did I become an atheist kind of aspect of things? Uh, mine was probably around late high school. I, w- I was fairly early as to when I talk to other people that I know that are very outspoken about being atheists. Um, being atheist is, uh, I was still in high school when I started to announce that I was an atheist, which is quite early from what I've seen. And, but when I came to that realization for me personally, life became more important to me because then it became, this is my only chance that I have. I need to do as this thing as, as whatever thing. you are right now. This as is your this only chance as this. Of, I mean, like, I, like I said earlier, I, I mentioned who knows it. what, what else there is, but right now well, as this thing, this is your only chance to experience the universe as this thing. Yeah. So go and, for and, it. And, yeah. And it's, 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 it's funny because it's like a, that, that makes me think of uh, like when I gave this presentation earlier and I gave this speech to the university, um, I was talking about how you're, you're marketing yourself and that you're, you're this piece of meat and it's like, well, what am I today? Well, I am Nicholas Jones, 2017. I come with these features. I come yes, with these options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I am. This is who I am. And this is how you need to take it. This is how you need to perceive it because I'm grasping at that moment. I'm reaching for something that is important to me. And it's not a prayer. It's not a religious. I'm not bowing down to someone. Mm-hmm. But I'm bowing down to myself. And I'm realizing, like, I need to do something. And I don't need to be the greatest person in the world. I will never be remembered because the universe doesn't give two fucking shits about us. We're all going to be forgotten. But if I can influence a couple people, if I influenced a couple students, I've influenced my peers. Right. Greg, you have had a huge influence on me. You've had influence on me. And I've had an influence on you. To me, that's 
that's made everything. That, why do I need religion when I have that aspect of things? That's one thing that's fundamental about the universe. At least we know that there that all interactions are reciprocal. That Newton figured that out, right? With, yep. For every action, there's an equal opposite reaction. Every, not the same. It's not the same force, but there is a reciprocation. There's, yeah, there's, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said to Aaron, um, we went to what restaurant did we get to? When Ruby we went to Tuesday? a lot of restaurants. <laughs> no, this recent, this past week, Ruby Tuesday or something like Red Robins. Red Robins. I don't think so. I don't know. <laughs> it was like one of those those chick type of chains, yeah. okay? And uh, it was the other day, and we went there, and someone just randomly walked up to our walked Ruby up Tuesdays. to our, Ruby Tuesday, okay? <laughs> they walked up to our table and they said, "Here are some coupons." And we're like, oh, this is really nice. Thank you. I really appreciate you. You just randomly showed up and gave us some coupons to get discount on our meal. And I said to Aaron, I was like, man, if I believed in karma and shit, this was the karma that we got when we were in Disney World for giving a free (laughs) ticket to someone else and randomly getting that thing. I was like, but yeah, I mean, I don't believe in that. That's just a coincidence. And I was able to make that connection because it was so recent. It was within a month of, of a span. So the karma question is interesting because do I believe in a mysticism behind it? No, but do I believe in a social attitude will promote other things? It, that, yes. I yes. think it does. But that was completely two different connected things. Right. <laughs> um, in my mic three? It, it, it reminds... Because... It, it, so... <laughs> I mean, like... It, I was thinking when you were saying I'm Nick Jones 2017, there's a Buddhist philosophy that life is like a river, and the river is never the same from any moment to one to the next. So it's always changing, and you are always changing. And there's always interesting stuff in even the old you know, Christian and Jewish religions and all that stuff, even the Abrahamic and all the other religions. When, when Robert Oppenheimer, the guy who was in charge of the Manhattan Project, the you know, first nuclear bomb... Uh, when he saw the Trinity device explode for the first time, what went through his head was a line from the Bhagavad Gita, which is um, Indian uh, uh, Hindu script, and it was, uh, I am become death destroyer of worlds. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of that quote. It's not because he was a religious person, he never was, and it's not because he's anti-science or anti-knowledge, but he understood the ramifications of what he just did, of what he was witnessing. It's not about an anti-intellectualism, that idea. It's, it's, and these religious ideas are not necessarily about, I mean, they, they, they persist for a reason. They persist because they tell a story about humanity and they ultimately tell a story about the universe. They tell a story about the existence that we live in. So the, these ideas that come from religions aren't necessarily to be just thrown aside simply because they they no. they have propagated through religions. That's well, how that's how we got information I, across in that time before we had writing. And absolutely, had writing. I think religion was an extremely important part of evolution. Um, it, it helped us create society. It helped us create government. It helped us helped us create order. It, it started putting laws and regulations. It helped pass along it helped, information. It helped pass along. But I, I think we cling, as a society, especially in America, we are pretty much a religious society. And we cling to that religion. And when I speak to people who identify themselves as Catholic, I was raised Catholic, and I'm sympathetic to anyone else who was raised Catholic, 
But I was raised Catholic, and when I looked to my family, they still call themselves Catholic. And then I'm like, well, you don't go to church every Sunday. You don't go to church every Wednesday. When was the last time you've confessed? You're not Catholic. It's an identity as opposed to yeah, a... It's an identity, and it's also a, um, a... You're an agnostic, but you don't want to make that transition. You believe in a higher power, mm -hmm. but you don't want to follow the rules and regulations of the religion that you're associating with, so you take whatever was given to you as a title, and you take that. Now, why are they still clinging to it? I don't think it has to do with the historical aspect of humanity, the stories, the tales, because uh, majority of people that I talk to and that ask, and who are not just my family, but other people I've spoken to, and not just Catholicism, but also Presbyterian and other Christianities and other sorts of other religions, it's you don't seem to really understand the religion yourself. No, it's just a community. For most it's a people. community thing. Um, I think the biggest aspect on why we hold on to it is because it says I have something after this life. I think a lot of it comes down to the fear of death. I think that's there, but I think that we're seeing right now something more. It's more than that because if you look at what's going on with the white nationalists and all this other stuff, it's it's about identification. It's about finding a group that you fit in with, that you can claim <coughs> yourself to be a part of, regardless of 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 any other aspect of your life. It's and the 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 thing about like the white versus black is that it's right. It, it's on the surface. There's nothing preventing you from. Oh, from I know. I have, a, I have an extremely racist grandmother, yeah. so I, I'm I'm well aware of this like aspect of things. So it's an easy identification, and people fall into these easy identifications when they feel like they have a need for this community for community, and they are much more willing to put up with people who are part of their community when they say things that are awful than they are who, people who are not part of the community when they say or do things. That I are mean, I, I have trouble... I, I agree with you on community, but I have trouble um, associating that with, like, that part of the community, white nationalism and religion. I I, I don't know if that was a thing I'm or not, if it was a metaphor for, like, just community in general. Yeah, I'm, 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 okay. saying, I'm saying that it, it's it's... White nationalism is, like, the easiest possible thing to latch on to. Because it's super surface. It's super surface level. It's it, it's how somebody looks, right? It, well, where, and whereas, also remember how good stuff used to be? Well, yeah, but like, but remember? that but that you have to talk to somebody to figure out if they agree with you about how great things were. But white, all you have to do is look at somebody and tell if somebody is white or black. So it's so easy. It's the easiest possible way you can group things. And there's people fall into that because there's a imperative a, an imperative for people to categorize things in, in, into boxes uh, and that is fine it's the part where once we categorize things into boxes we then associate them with negative or positive yeah. things that's the bad part I mean it, yeah that, that that makes me think of uh, uh, we, we were out the other night with uh, some friends that we haven't seen in a while and one of uh Two of the people are from Ohio, one of whom is a huge Cleveland Indians fan. And we and Indians, uh, the baseball team itself has been doing a world, I mean, they broke a world record, 22 games. Yeah, won. They, they won by 20, yeah, 20 games. Great. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a world record. Mm -hmm. So good for them. But um, I brought up my need to stir the pot 
brought up the, uh, well, what do you think about your name and your logo? I mean, the Cleveland Indians, and then you have an extremely racist, stereotypical logo, and then I showed him the Caucasians logo. Have you seen this? No. So it's basically, have you seen this, Jeff? No. All right, so what it is, it took the... It's it, not the whiteies? No, no. It, it, <laughs> took, it took the Indians logo, but it called it the Caucasians. Uh-huh. And then the same exact Indian that they have, the chieftain that the, uh, as Chief the mascot, Wahoo, yeah, yeah, Chief yeah. Wahoo, um, they have it as a white person with a big smile, grin, a nice pencil thin, and then it's like a money dollar sign mm-hmm. sticking over the bed. So it's like the stereotypical white person aspect. And when that uh, came out, there was some backlash to it, saying, well, that's extremely racist. It's like, well, why aren't the Indians racist? And the person who's a huge Indians fan, uh, he's showing a picture. <laughs> yeah, so Google search the Caucasians. That's all you have to really type in, and you'll, you'll get that popping up. And the person who was a huge, he grew up in Cleveland or just outside of Cleveland, and he's a huge Indians fan because he's following his team's shirt. And... He even said, I, I hate the fact that I have to wear this logo. He goes, I do agree. He goes, I wish we would change it to our nickname, which is the tribe, and change the mascot to a less racist thing. And he informed me that they actually are doing that. They're slowly weeding out Chief Wahoo. They've produced, um, they're down 65% of their production on Chief Wahoo. That's the way to do it, is do it slow and steady, because then people slow. don't get... Yeah, people don't get shocked and, by it. And then we talked about the Redskins, the Washington. That's Redskins. the wor- that, That's much worse than. The and that's what I said. I said that is a lot worse because the Redskins is strictly a derogatory name, right. like term. That is strictly to insult. The Indians is like ignorance at its best, because that's what I said. And I was like, they're not Indians. Indians are from India. Well, I, I mean, was like, that's no. The well, Indians are so, from India. They're natives. My kids go to Seneca Valley School District. Their mascot, well, it's the Seneca Valley Raiders, but their mascot's an Indian. And because the Indians were considered raiders, is he an Indian or is he a native, or she? That's not the point. You're, you're getting the, trapped in, in a semantic yeah. argument when the point is that Indians is not necessarily derogatory. It's, it's it it was no, a misidentification. It was a misidentification, but yeah. it turned into. But you're you are perceiving well. The true Indians are the ones from India, and the non-true Indians are the ones from India. But it's just a label. It is just a label, but from it's not a derogatory seen, label. Though, no, it's not. It's an ignorance label. That's why I keep saying that. It's but a, it's, it's it's remember it's remember the, the 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 Adam knows everything. No, this doesn't. This doesn't qualify for that because the the those people who are still so around, it's small, but that's that's the school logo. Okay, and that are still living on like reservations and stuff like that. Okay, and are still that's a more that's community. a more respectful kind of logo. Yeah, that's a lot more. It, yeah, respectful. it's not a. It's not a lawn jockey characterization of a Cleveland Indians label. That is extremely... I like the lawn jockey comparison because that is kind of the the thing. Or or blackface, right? It's the the accentuation of of features uh, that are are just considered considered typical. They're not necessarily typical, but just they're considered typical because people... Yeah. Now, obviously, this is coming from a white male American. So I'm extremely privileged in my life that I've experienced. (laughs) But from the third person perspective of what I've witnessed and what I've studied and seen and heard of, um, speaking with natives, they prefer 
not to be called Native Americans because American was forced upon them. They were never meant to be American. They were forced that title due to us. Interesting. Two, they're not Indians. Do not call them an Indian. All the research that I've seen, do not call them an Indian. They are not from India. They never called themselves Indians. They never identified as Indian. Mm -hmm. They prefer not it. Just call them a native. They're native to the the so, Americas, you can say, but Native American is the same exact. I can say they have Native American heritage. You could say that, yeah, Native American, because we identify that as a culture as being American. Right. They don't really. Uh, I mean, obviously, me saying they're they, really Aboriginal. Yeah, but me saying is Americans. obviously putting them all into one classification, which is it, it's but more those guys huff paint that. or huff gasoline, so they want to be associated with that. Well, no, Aboriginal means I, you know that know. they were here before everyone else was. Yeah. So uh, well, the, indigenous the, is another thing that they right, do yeah, respect. Yeah. Uh, and, and like I keep saying, they is like I'm classifying an entire race and putting them into one giant like aspect it's more complex than that indigenous and native though is what i've noticed to be the best ways of identifying them indians i mean if you want to i mean if you want to get into that level we're all africans right because that's where we all came from Mm -hmm. so but the interesting thing to me is also if you if a space alien came along and we said these are these are white people these are black people he'd be like these guys are pink and these guys are brown. What what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> no, no, I and I, I agree with that completely. But that that's like one of the things that I've I've definitely noticed a lot lately with when it comes to mm-hmm. that aspect. That's why I mean, native and indigenous is the best way to identify because. And that and that's, that's going that, and that's going to change culture. Like in in the in the '90s that I remember. African American was big, but now no, you call people black. Call it, it, black. It, it, it's it's just the cultural thing. It's a it's a cultural shift. Like that was a um, being a musician. I work with a lot of bands that are where uh, I play in a band called Artistry. I'm they joke with me and they call me the token white guy. I mean, and that's what I am. I'm the token white guy that shows up and plays guitar. But um, I've had, like, a first-person experience with them. And one of the most awkward moments that I ever had with them was we were at a rehearsal, and uh, this was really awkward. And a guy in the band, he looks at me and he goes, Nick, I don't want you to be offended by this. And I'm like, no. I'm white, dude. Like, you can offend me all day long. Like, it's time that I take it. That's, that's my white privilege going, shame on you, kind of aspect. Which Sins is another the thing. Since the father. But that's another thing that I kind of disagree with, is uh, I shouldn't feel ashamed for being white just because I've had this, like, privilege kind of thing. You shouldn't feel ashamed for being white, but you should recognize but the I privilege. But I recognize that, my yeah. privilege, and that's, that's the difference. Mm-hmm. I recognize my privilege, and I'm like, yeah, can make fun of me. That's mm-hmm. totally fine. And they're like, no, no, that's not it. And, get, and Larry, as soon as I said, oh, I'm not offended. And he goes, the hell's with all these festivals? And I never see any all black bands there. And one guy goes, well, that's because all the uses an N-word are shooting each other. And then Larry goes, that's not it at all. That's bullshit. And then Morty's another guy. Morty's. And then another guy in the <laughs> band goes, "Well, that's because there was too much of this." And he points at his arm. And I'm sitting there. Heroin. And there, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sitting there. No, not heroin. Like his skin, too much black. He points at his arm like uh, a forearm straight he has, up. He has too much pigmentation. Too oh, much pigmentation. Oh, yeah. Too, much, too black. much pigmentation in his skin. 
And this is a room filled with ten, ten black guys and one white dude. And I sat in my chair, like, scrunching in, going, right, cause, oh, cause, fuck, let me just sit this one out. I'm not touching this one with the 20-foot pole. It, it, it's, it's like if you get, you know, you like people are like, oh, yeah, Christians are all the same. And then you get two Christian groups together that are different churches, and they're going to fucking fight about ridiculous shit. It became this huge argument yeah. based around that. And a lot of it was me, I'm sitting there agreeing with partial, like, one half of it. I'm disagreeing completely with one person who's saying, well, that's because we're all shooting each other. I'm disagreeing with that aspect. I'm agreeing more with, well, there's too much of this pigmentation there, and there's too much of that. That's where I fall into the aspect, but I truly don't know. I'm not, I didn't, wasn't raised well, in yeah, the culture. Well, yeah, you were, I mean, it's weird for me to ask you the question, because it's not like, it's not a question you would have an answer to. No. Well, they didn't ask me the question. There was any of that. Yeah. They didn't well, they ask said, me. They said, Nick, no, why is there? And like, why would you know? No, he said, I don't want you to be offended. Because uh-huh. he wanted and to make he said yeah. to the entire band, Yeah. Okay. why are there no black guys? Because I was a white dude yeah. in their band. So they didn't want me being offended because he's saying, why are there no all black bands? Because now that's pushing me out, which is... To me, a beautiful I, thing. I, I caring that, about yeah. my acceptance, which I, I got to admit, though, and I'm proud as shit about this. They said, oh, you're an honorary brother. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm totally going down with that. <laughs> you're an honorary brother to them. Yeah, yeah to those cats. Don't go anywhere else. To, <laughs> to, I mean, like, with the benefit of hindsight, the benefit of sort of thinking about it, the, the answer that I would give is there's a bunch of answers to that question, and none of them are simple. No, absolutely <laughs> there's not. No, there's no simple I mean, answer to, to I mean, that that's particular the thing, question. Like, like I'm not, I don't identify as a racist person or anything of the matter. Um, we're all equal when it comes to shit like that. But um, I recognize we're all pro- proteins and toenails. That's what I mean. I recognize, uh, but I do when I talk about like. Um, I tried to, yeah, and you made like a, Aaron made like a little, ooh, that's gross, and I tried to make it gross because I wanted to be like. No, I was excited because we're all, we're all a bunch of just proteins. Yeah. <laughs> but like, when I, when I, um, when I talk to people, uh, especially like my students and stuff like that, and I always tell them, I'm like, I mean this in the most non-racially way. I was like, go find a black dude that knows what he's fucking talking about because he grew up in a culture that is a lot different than yours. And when it comes to like music, uh, musicianship, I'm like he has a different feel than you do. So so okay, okay. Let's say because that. well, that's because they grew up in gospel churches. They grew up in that culture of things. The fact that it's a black dude doesn't mean that, like like there are plenty <laughs> well, no, of no, black people so, who who don't have that experience. There are and. I think what, you, I what you're plenty. saying in some sense is that you're more likely to find a person that with that kind of experience that you're looking for who is black, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't find... No, and, and, and that's the thing. Like, I always say, like, you don't need to look at it as this kind of, like... It's not meant to be that way. It's, it's meant to be also yeah. kind of a joking thing, yeah. but it's also like, dude... Go there, you'll find people who... Find a black person or somebody who black people said, oh, you're cool, you're one of us. Yeah. <laughs> no, but, but it is true. I mean, it, it has it has some water when it comes to it because... And it's not a racial thing. It's a cultural thing. Very much they cultural. They grew up in those churches. I wish I grew up well, in Well, as, as I was saying, racist is, is, racist is, the, is the super surface thing. It's the easiest thing. Yeah. And it is the... 
it's the least complicated thing for people with vision like ours to identify, but it is also the the least interesting aspect of people. Like by far, by yeah. far the least interesting I mean, aspect. Uh, of I mean, it, but like the reason why I even say that though, when it, when it, like I when I talk to my like students that I feel comfortable saying a joke like that too is or it's really not much of a joke but it's like okay so i've experienced this my playing since i started playing and being the only white dude in the band out of 10 people in an all-black band my playing has changed significantly and for the better oh of course because you're learning and i've learned so much from these guys that my four or five years at university would never teach me let me ask this aaron Hmm. you're you used to be a vet here in Pittsburgh. Now you're a vet in uh, Philadelphia. Veterinary technician. Veterinary technician. Yes, I'm not a veterinarian. <laughs> not yet, anyway. No, not ever. <laughs> uh, you must have learned something. Must have learned different things. They, they do different thing, things differently in Pittsburgh than than Philadelphia. I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and you've learned things along the way. Mm-hmm. And, I learned a lot of things here. Yeah, so that that's a you know it, it's a regular thing whenever you go to some place new when there's a new culture and new stuff there's things that you can apply from your old yeah. learning that mm-hmm. other people don't know and there's things that you learn that other people are teaching you and it's a two way yeah. street well I mean it, it's like like in my field though I mean with music I mean you want to go learn mariachi go find a Mexican who knows how to fucking play mariachi because that's where you're going to be the best thing it's a cultural thing it's not a racial thing no that, that that's the that's the most likely source yeah, most likely source, and most likely the better source, because they most likely grew up with that. There's a difference of being a native with that. I can play bossa nova music, but I'll never fit in with a, a Brazilian playing bossa nova music, because they grew up listening to I that. disagree. If you spent 20 years playing bossa nova music, you'd fit in fine. you got to spend that no, time, though. No, you gotta, you no, got to... Alright, if you spent time... When you were 18 and you learned how to speak French and you spent 10 years studying French, like, motherfucker, Mm -hmm. and you know French so very well, you're so fluent, a native is still going to tell that you're not from France. You still have an accent. No. I'll tell you why. I know this is true. No, No, this is not true, rather. Because we have a friend, Shane, who's been on the show before. Yeah, I know Shane. And you know Shane. Uh, he didn't know Japanese until he was like 15, 16, and he learned it, and people were always shocked that they said he had no accent. Like, Japanese people are very specific about their language. I know. Well, Shane and I had a conversation about this, and he said that you're good, uh, to me personally, because you're good at manipulating accents because you understand manipulating genres and changing towards the accent, because to me the accent is more important than actually knowing the language. Because you can speak broken, as long as your accent's good, people are going to understand you. However, I st- he, as he described it to me when I met him over the summer, was they stopped. At first, they were like, oh, you have a really good accent. Uh-huh. Oh, you have a really good, you're really good at speaking Japanese. And then eventually, it stopped complimenting. And he goes, that's when I knew I was good at it. Right. When they stopped mentioning that I was good at it. But... If you close your eyes and listen to, and they had a Japanese person listen to Shane, to Shane speak and somebody else speak, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. They wouldn't be able to say that that's an American or that's a foreigner, 
and that's somebody else. Now, if they had their eyes open, of course, they'd be able to, you know, that would influence their their opinion. But from, from everything that, that I'm getting this from Shane, so I'm not the person who's doing the analysis. I'm not trying to say this is necessarily true, but I believe this is true. He worked for, and he lived there for, you know, 15 years. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, absolutely. he was immersed in that. He, he is as natural as anybody would be. Absolutely. And if you played Bassanova for 20 years, you would be as natural as anyone would be. Because it would be second nature to you. It is not... It becomes instinctual. That's the nice thing about the plasticity of the brain. If you keep doing things over and over and over again, you, you forget that you drove home. You don't remember that. It's just part of... It, it, it's ignored. You forget that you washed your naughty bits when you were in the shower. It's something that happens. That. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron always remembers... I Flicking the bean. I remember that. I never mean, <laughs> forget that part. It's it's just it it it's part of it becomes so routine that you don't think about it that it just becomes what you do. It's you doing you, and so you're not. No, I I I absolutely think that you can learn these things, but it takes training your brain it takes changing those connections and that takes a huge amount of time and effort no it does but i don't know i i have trouble thinking that i'll ever be considered a native speaker when it comes to certain aspects of things i think if you you haven't developed that as a native growing up i think you're wrong it stops you're wrong. and you're not going to be you can manipulate maybe certain people of intellectuals, but there's going to be someone in that area that's going to realize, no, you're not. What do you think, Jeff? About being able to play the blues or speak a native language? In, or? Well, in, in general, what do you think about being able to learn something enough that it, it would come across to other people as if you were doing it your entire life? Like well, speaking a language. Speaking language, you're well, sure. sure. Well, if you put enough effort in, even if it's most of your entire life, then yes, right? I mean, yeah. I think if you immerse yourself and spend, you know... I mean, maybe the average person, but I just don't believe that a, a believe Japanese yourself, linguistic man. would look at him and go, okay. Why, or, or well, not what, look at him. Especially after him. that admirers everything possible, why would you think that when, even in Japanese, there's so many different varieties, there's so many different... Ways you can speak, and so how how would a Japanese linguistic who does not know where Shane is from listening to a bunch of Japanese people? How would they know? Would they? Do you think that they would be able to better than chance pick out that Shane was a non a non native speaker? Where I'm at currently, yes, I disagree. Fun fact. Because we're talking about, you know, being wrong. I love fun facts. Okay. So, an Adam ruins everything, which is like a TV show that I absolutely love and adore. Because mm -hmm. he's hilarious. Me too. All right. So, one of the episodes on Adam ruins everything, they were basically going through everything that he's gotten wrong. Yep. Okay. And then at the end of the show, it was talking about when someone tells you that you're incorrect or you're wrong, there's a part of your brain that's like, 
that fires, which is basically your fight or flight. Backlash effect. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Exactly, which I could just see is happening right now. Uh-huh. If you, someone tells you that you're wrong, you immediately go into the defense mode. No, no, I'm not. I, I'm not getting defensive. I, it's, uh, mm-hmm. Sort I think, of. <laughs> but, but, and, and I would be defensive too because <laughs> it's, no, it, it's, it's a human condition. So it's, it's what people do. Exactly. Uh, more thought is required on both of our parts. Yes. Well, neither of us are experts in this field. No, no exa- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, and it's, so, I mean, I'm, there's I'm, one person listening to this show going, well, these motherfuckers have no idea. And I, <laughs> and one thing that I know about you and me both is we're both are perfectly willing to be proved wrong and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. how many times that happens? Like, yeah. oh, shit. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah. So it, it's... Um, it, but that, Well, that's why I said right now where I stand, I just don't, yeah. I don't... I don't see that as being plausible right now. And most likely the truth is somewhere in the middle. Most yeah. likely the truth is somewhere like... There's I mean, I, I know you can you can fool people. I've been complimented on my accents and stuff like that, but that doesn't mean shit. <laughs> and then it comes to the same exact thing where it's like maybe the the average intellectual person, I mean, the average, everyone's average. We're all most likely the four of us here are average inte- intellect when it comes to a human species where the odds of us being exceptional is very slim. Oh, most of us, most uh, of I, 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 right, except I, for Jeff, he's no, exceptional. I, no, 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 no. Hold on a second. You already talked about your white privilege. Huh. I did. And so that whole nurture versus nature thing and whatnot, we are not average humans. Yeah. Well, no, well, if you, I, I to, to, to defend Nick here, I think Nick is talking about capabilities yeah. as opposed to the like he's talking about start, 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 start I, I would even way. say with capabilities the upbringing that we have all had no Nick has a huge advantage because of that yeah but in terms of his just broad spectrum capabilities as compared to anybody else if you remove Nick and some person from Ethiopia, from society, <laughs> as just an example, and just pop them into some some universe and different planet, and have then, them both deliberately practice something. Right then, then then they would then av- they would average out to be probably the same. They, neither of them would if be you the caught same. them early enough. Right, but Nick right, yes, has yeah, a yeah. huge advantage. Nick has a huge. We all, all four of us, have a huge advantage. Um, I mean, the three of us have more of an advantage than Aaron does because we're we have. Yes, exactly. And yes, I do not have Quite. a penis. You do not have a, and that's unfortunate. I know, I'm really but it's uh, really easy. Actually, no, I really, I don't know how you guys walk around with those things between your legs. I know when you when it's a hot day and you sit on them, it sucks. I'm sure. Wait till I don't you get to be forty. You guys do that. <laughs> Wait till you get to be 40 and they, you do sit on them. Oh, it, it's so, <laughs> I looked at her the other day and I'm like, oh God, and I have this face. And she goes, what? And I was guys, like, sat on my balls. Guys, <laughs> it's so much easier when they're small. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, but I'd rather sit on my balls every now and then than have to bleed out of my vagina like. Thank you. It's days. not Thank the bleeding you. out of your vagina. It's the constant misogyny and the... Glass ceiling and all the bullshit. And the bleeding out of your vagina. And the bleeding out of your Which, fun fact. Okay, this is... This, <laughs> okay, I feel like this one. I said I love fun, fun facts. Fact. Uh, fact. Bleeding out of your well, vagina. This isn't fun actually fact. like a fact. This is just something that's happened to me before. Um, <laughs> I had an old um, 
I forget what year it was, but it was an old Bronco, and I've had so many friggin' problems with that thing, but I still love it. It's, oh, so, I love it. But, um... You ever take the top off? No. Was it a white Bronco and OJ was in it? It was green. How can you have a Bronco and never take the top off? <laughs> because I loved it too much, and I would never be able to get the top back on. But a Bronco Woo! with the top off Make is like, it. that's it's like... It's great for other people. That's like what... <laughs> That's like Ken Marino in White Hot American yeah, White Hot American yeah. Summer is a Bronco with the top off to me. Yeah, it's I like him and his. I want to hear the story there. Okay, yeah. so I was at um, I was at Wawa because we're from the other right, end of Pennsylvania. Yeah, where Wawa exists. Where Wawa exists, which is only in like two spots. But um, I was at Wawa and I had the hood up because I had to put um, I don't know, some sort of fluid, transmission fluid or something in my car because it runs out. And the so, like I got stopped by so many freaking guys. They all came over to me. It's like, oh, do you need help with something? Oh, are you okay? Blah, blah, blah. And you know what? I was there the next day with a guy with his top hood up. No one. No one. No one questioned his, you know, ability to take care of his own freaking car. Well, it, it, it's... See, I wish people would come up to me when I have my hood <laughs> yeah. up going, hey, do you need help? Because I'm like, yeah, I totally do. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, no, I don't... Like, I was poor... Like, I know what I was doing. Like, I was actively... Oh, this is this is uh, boobs in California. Like I was actively fixing my car, and they just kept coming up to me asking me if I needed help. Well, yeah, because they were trying to pick you up. At least that. No, no, I was not looking. I was not looking good then. I was not. I was really pissed off. All right, you were. Hold on, hold on. Let me describe the scenario. You had your hood up. Okay. You were bent over. Okay. You into the hood. All they saw was donk. Damsel. Yeah, well, they is... saw damsel in distress. Yeah, yeah exactly. They saw damsel it's, in distress. They, they, they saw, saw ass. They saw. Well, like, like, they, they saw a jeans. good. They saw okay. a good-looking I mean, okay, girl who was doing something on her own. That yes, they assumed it's she would not be good job. at. So they assumed that they also they, they saw that as an entry. To be. Well, to, they, get, they didn't get very far. No, no, I, I doubt they did, but. I, I expect that, in a sense, that was that was sort of code switching. It was like they, they saw an opportunity to to to. Right. No. Get out of here. To introduce themselves, right? I mean, they, they saw an opportunity. To, well, I mean, I don't want to. It, it's not necessarily they. Oh, I I want to have sex with her, but it was more like, okay, this is okay. An opportunity it was to, not necessarily I want to have sex with her. No, not necessarily. It. it like, say, there's some old men. I was gonna say, guys think of might sex lead. at least 19 times a day. I don't know whether that's true or not. It might lead to that, but but at the very least, it's like, like I think that men are taught from a very young age, fought every opportunity you get to, you know, if you especially if you don't have a girlfriend, you know, find them and 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 chase them, and. That's a that's a thing that we as a society do, and so it's like so it, that was an opening for people. See, I didn't take it as an opening. I just took it. Of, of course you did because you were just like you know, I was just pissed. They, yeah. they just kept coming up and like interrupting me, and I'm like trying to pour this freaking fluid, and like Broncos are really they're they're tall and really freaking wide. So I had to like reach over to get the fluid in. I had to keep stopping every time they come over. Like no, I'm fine. Are you sure? No, I'm okay. It's, yeah. I got this. Yeah, no, I, I, I you told... did it wrong. <laughs> you should have had some guy do all the work, 
then have them buy you a drink, and then split on And then split on And then say, as you're drinking, let me tell you about my fiance. Yeah, right. As soon as you mention that word, they're like, the of Seinfeld. Like, literally the first episode of Seinfeld. Or it could be like a guy I used to work with. I have a fiance. Remember Ken from Nauticom? Yes, of course. Get his last name. But his slogan was, ring don't plug no holes. What? <laughs> Fiance? What? Ring don't plug no holes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Jesus. Damn. That is ridiculous. God damn. Ken was, a, was an ugly fat fuck too. Yeah, that's gross. Noak? Was it Noak? Yeah, that was his last name, yeah. Yeah. And then he got a job for like the CIA or some shit and moved to Virginia and did top secret stuff. <laughs> <sighs> wow. Yeah, that's just my that's just my I, I and I feel for you because that that's that's shitty that you have to go through with that. That that you have to deal with men doing that to well, you. But it's not just that. It's the I'm sorry, the veterinary technician. technician. The male veterinary <laughs> veterinary technician she works with makes twenty percent more. Oh hell yeah. And... I know that for a fact. <laughs> And, yeah. You know all that shit. So it's ridiculous, and especially like in the veterinary field where men aren't like prevalent anymore. They used to be, but not anymore. And like, if you're a male veterinary technician, even though I have an edu- like I am educated, I have a college degree, I have four or five years of experience. If he's just getting out of maybe high school, mm-hmm. he'll get the job over me wow. because he's a male. That is absolutely true. Wow. On the other hand. Men do need more money because I need to buy all these. I know toys. you get you have to buy all these widget things. Yeah, <laughs> whereas I have to buy tampons. I'm gonna put it in like health insurance. Well, because you bleed out of your vagina, just stop it's doing my that. Fault. I yeah, just, just can't. Stop I can't doing stop that. It. Why Unless can't I get you pregnant? Stop. And then there's a whole line of other different freaking things I have to go through. Pregnant? No, I'm not yeah. pregnant. Nick's ready to run up the stairs. He's like, "What is it? Nick is so it's what four hours in. Nick is finally loosened up and untied his bow tie. I untied my bow tie, or at least pulled my pants out. I look snazzy uh, prior till now. I'm no, like, I, I, that, that's a that's a good, good that's a good look. The relaxed look is is a is a good look. I think it's in. Yeah. Yeah, an untied bow tie. That's exactly what's in. Right. So now. Greg showed me a picture of you. Doing Uptown Funk it was or a, a, video it was a video of you doing uh, Uptown Funk. Christ, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, but it was interesting. You know, I've never seen you play, okay. but you had your stage persona on, right? It, yeah, it, it yeah, was a, definitely a different Nick different. than than I've ever seen, and I, it was only a short little clip of you. you know, I need to see you, you know, do a gig sometime. Yeah, I, I have my your, uh, your stage persona was very it, different. It's extremely different. Uh, it's definitely more. Uh, like, it's funny because I talk to people and they're like, "You're just so confident of a person." I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, no, I'm not." I was like, "But what I want, I want." But a stage persona, I was like, "You don't want to see someone that's timid. You don't want to see someone that's constantly." thinking twice of what they're doing. I was like, you want to see someone who's confident and is like, I'm fucking here to play and I'm here to do what I'm here to entertain. And that's what it is. It's a job in a sense. So it's like, uh, when, when I get on stage, it, it, it is, a, it's all, it's an alter ego. And, um, it took me years to develop that alter ego because my, my first prototype of the alter ego used to swear a lot. 
when I was on there. What the fuck are we doing tonight? Like, that, that, that's what it was. And, it, and because I was young, I was 18, 19, and I was starting to really develop into trying to do it, and I thought swearing was cool. I thought that's what people wanted, but now, now it's not so much. Now I don't really curse too much when I'm on stage. I pretty much avoid it in general. And, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a character. And that's what it is. I mean, it's, it's completely an alter ego. I, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, I don't mind. I, I, I listen to myself perform all the time. I prefer to listen to myself perform when I'm only talking and or playing instrumental music. I despise listening to my singing. Okay. I like, I get cringeworthy when I have to listen to it. But um, it's a part of the field that I have to. And I recognize, like, pros and cons of it, and I try and fix it. But, yeah, it's completely, it's a character. It's an alter ego when I'm up on stage. So, Aaron, do you ever bring stage Nick into the bedroom? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah. He can stay on stage. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, it's, I'm it's interesting. I'm not patting dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> damn. God damn. It's interesting to bring it up because I, I totally understand there I've, I told Nick, you know, there are shows that you know I, I listen to back the show we do, and it's, there are some shows where I won't listen because I feel like I did it bad. But I know, like, I can listen to a good performance and be like, okay, that was a good show. It's like that was why I, I told you listen to that show because it was a good show. Yeah, that and, was good. And I'm sure there must be performances like that where, you're like, you know, oh, I, there, I, there I, I dislike performances absolutely. I hear myself, but. That was a good one. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. There are performances. Um, I have a. I, I just got in contact with the the sound engineer today, um, and he's sending me the recordings next week for an upcoming uh, album I have of my quartet coming out. And that's going to be in the spotlight, and I have no problem listening to that because to me that was a magical performance. That it was all done live, and it was very unexpected. I just recorded it, just to record it. But then after I heard parts of it, I was like, this is. This is good, and I was extremely satisfied. There's no singing on it, so <laughs> I was extremely satisfied. But when I, I mean, there there are times where I listen to my singing uh, recordings of my singing, and I'm like, that was actually pretty good. That was something, and I usually try and look at it as if it's not me. Try and think of like, who's this artist? I don't know who he is. But, that reminds me, we need to do another commercial. We we talked about this before, but remember we we did the the fake beer commercials. Beer well, for ba- fake beer songs. Oh, the uh... stout, stout. This nah, is a stout. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that, <laughs> that was real. I mean, I, that was so awesome. we spent about forty-five minutes like finding a song and then writing some first draft beer pun lyrics for them, and it turned out to be pretty good. Yeah, that was awesome. Because <laughs> I was gonna say you showed me all of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was. It was like. Brown Ale Girl. <laughs> She's my Brown Ale Girl. It was so fun to do because it, it, it was take the dumbest idea you have and check it to make sure that, Rick. It, that it's dumb enough. Yeah, because it had to be dumb enough, right? It couldn't be, it couldn't have an edge of smartness to it, but it couldn't be like so 
dumb and obvious that it would be like stout stout was so i don't know why that worked perfectly <laughs> that was the dumbest one right? right no i mean stout shout right come on but it's no gonna but, work. but when we said this is a stout <laughs> right that, 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 that's, that's, <laughs> that's the part yeah because you don't the... expect it to be that <laughs> right i mean comedy is getting the unexpected that's mm-hmm. all comedy is we should play this for Aaron. can we find it I mean, it's you, the same thing. Like, I, I have no idea where it was, but <laughs> I remember talking, uh, was? Uh, listening to a thing about the history of comedy and how, like, the first written joke, like, real joke that we have written is uh, "Why did the chicken cross the road?" Is that really the first joke? Uh, it was no, it wasn't the first joke. But, but it was, the first it, it was joke? like one of one of the earliest written jokes. Wow! From what uh, at least no the documentations idea. I saw, it was like it was in a newspaper, hundreds. Hundred years ago or so, and the answer is obviously to get to the other side. Right. Now we don't laugh at that, but imagine being in that time and you're not expecting the right. the response. Could you be, expect? Okay, well, why did the chicken? Why did the chicken was there the feed there? And then to get to the other side, you're like, oh, okay, that's actually pretty funny yeah. because it, you're not thinking just to get to the other side. Yeah, well, that's the... the unexpectedness. That's actually a brilliant thing. Um, uh, uh, Mike uh, from uh, Vsauce. Michael, uh, Michael shit. Yeah. I can't remember his name. I don't remember his name either. I know his name is Mike. It's Michael something. Uh, that was where I heard that from, where he talked about Vsauce, uh, Michael here. Yeah. Vsauce, Michael. Did I ever send you that Vsauce parody? No. That's so funny. I love Vsauce though, but that's where he talked about. It's so funny because it's so loving. It's so loving of Vsauce, but recognizing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, impersonation is generally like the most flattering way of. But anywho, uh, it was it was on an episode of Vsauce where he talked about uh, why did the trick chicken cross the road, and that's where he was talking about how uh, when it came out, it was actually a brilliant ploy because no one has ever heard that joke before, and that's like the downfall of like knowing it that you know the answer, so it's no longer unexpected. Here it is. Okay, you got to watch this since you're since you are a. Vsauce Huge. fan. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Jeff, are you a Vsauce fan? I don't think I know what it is. So you won't get it. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready whenever. Yeah. Hey, Jsauce, Jack here. Music is all around us. And as you know, music stands for muscular, unugly, super impish creatures. But what makes good music sound good? And bad music sound bad? Well, in order to answer that question, we have to go all the way back to when music was first invented. All the way back to 1953. (laughs) Dr. Jimothy Music was sitting in his kitchen playing with some spoons. Spoon, of course, derives from the Latin spoonibus. It has nothing to do with this video. I just love tangents. Back to Dr. Jimothy. He was playing with his spoons when he discovered they made a weird sound. But what exactly is <laughs> Most people think we hear sound with our ears. And they're right. Back to Dr. <laughs> and they're sound, right. But didn't know how to share his discovery. Remember, the year is 1953, so he can't exactly upload a video to YouTube. So he uploads a vine, and within hours, <laughs> and that's when people start affectionately calling this weird noise music. A few years later, like from 1960 to 1969, a small group called the Beatles tried to expand <laughs> upon this music thing, but they faded into obscurity. 
it wasn't until 1997, when the group 98 Degrees formed, that music became acceptable. But that still begs the question, what makes good music good? Well, much like we measure distance in kilometers or miles, we measure song quality in beebs. The more beebs a song <laughs> I made her watch the more our body rejects uh. it. For instance, when you hear Nickelback's song on the radio, a song with many, many beebs, that's why you want to kill yourself. It's your body rejecting <laughs> that's the why you want to But yourself. also why young children have terrible taste in music. Their beeb receptors haven't developed yet. I love science. Yeah, me too. Oh. oh. <laughs> Oh, I love Vsauce. That was a great parody of Vsauce. That's a great parody of it, absolutely. I'm trying to find the uh, episode where he talks about um, the, the the whole chicken cross the road, but that was, that was, it was, it was a bit, for, it was an episode from him that helped me acknowledge that, and, and that's what led to it. But, I mean, because the more I thought about that after watching that, it's like, that is very true. Mm -hmm. If I didn't know... Why did the trip across the road? Well, to get to the other side, I would have chuckled because that's not what you expect. Because mm -hmm. that's what comedy is: it's anticipating something, but getting the opposite. There's actually a, a, an even more interesting theory of comedy, which is the benign harm theory. Okay. Uh, so this idea is that because it, it goes to it, it it's not even quite a theory of comedy; it's more a theory of laughter. Uh, because one of the things that, that is noticed is if you're being tickled by someone you love, or then you know you're laugh. But if if it's somebody you hate or, or despise or don't know, then tickling <laughs> tickling doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work at all, and you can't tickle yourself and all, all these things. And you're more receptive to a joke from someone you like than somebody you're not. So the, the the concept behind the benign harm theory is that you're presented with a scenario or something that seems negative but you also know that it's not going to be too negative like it's not going to really hurt and that conception leads to your laughter the release from that is is where the laughter comes from so it's like you're you're being led down a path, and like you said, an unexpected path. But the fact that you know in that you know it's not going to be harmful leads you to laugh as opposed to being shocked or offended yeah. by it. So, like, so when you go to a comedy show, you're much more likely to laugh along with the crowd than you are if somebody is you don't know is telling. So, you if I joke. go over and tickle Nick right now, he'll be offended, right? <laughs> probably, yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> Here, I found the, uh... My life is. Presenting Beer Karaoke. All your favorite craft beer songs, such as... <laughs> stout. 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 This is a stout. You guys are behind. These are the ways that you <laughs> didn't work on it. Really behind. It don't matter. It's, it's supposed to be awful. That was the post. That, that, that was... Come on. <laughs> That's fine. And 500 barrels. I would feel 500 barrels. And I would brew 500 more. Just to be the brewer that brews 500 barrels to sell them at the store. La 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 la
This exclusive five-volume collection is available on LP, 8-track, and flat. 8-track? All your favorite songs, like Let's Put the Starter in Here, Anything Goes Up, <laughs> Funky Town, and Brown Ale Girl. <laughs> I know you don't like hops. How about a chocolate stout? Maybe a sour ale. Or a lambic. Or a goose. Brown ale girl. <laughs> Drink something else. Brown ale girl. And who could forget? Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the brew pub. pub. <laughs> Try one, one of, of our, our special, special flights. Bathroom line starts here. Go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon now. Operators are standing by. Quality control to brew a town. You really made the grade. All the petri dishes are looking quite clean. And there's no PDO or Brett to be seen. That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, the point. The point was we were singing and off. Oh wait, again. there's there's. Do we have a secret thing at the end? There's another minute on this file. I think it's just. Can you do no, me a favor? It couldn't be. I don't know. I, I guess not. When you go to the commercial break for CBR, uh huh, play that instead. We well, we, that's what we did. We did. We played that, did that on, on, a, on a on a commercial break, mm-hmm. and that that was. I I came up with it literally as we were driving, as, as I was driving up, and I was like. I think I sent to you something like Brown Ale Girl. That's what I sent to you in text. Right. And you had no idea what I was talking about. When I got in, I was like, we got to just make up some parody songs and do that instead of the commercial this episode. Yeah. And All we right. spent like yeah, an hour awesome. just doing that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Could you imagine that took an hour? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hilarious. I, I can't imagine. I, I, I envisioned more. Because <laughs> yeah, we had, we had to, we, we picked songs and we and came up with remove their vocals and what, or we just well, found the karaoke yeah, version. The, the, the karaoke version, yeah, that was easy. But it was it was writing something that was awful yet had the silliness part yeah, of yeah, 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 and like technically correct, you know, beer wise, yeah, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, or not correct, but technically attempting. To, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it had to it had to hold some water. That was awesome. It was pretty leaky, but some. Yeah. As you said, we were a bit high, but that was kind of the it was, point. It was, it was perfectly awful. Yes. Yes. And, that, and that's what we were going for. Mm-hmm. Perfectly awful. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was good. Enjoyed it. It was funny. All right, so we're, we're coming up on, on 1 a.m. So All right, yeah, we need to end this. We're shutting down. Thank you guys so much for being thank here. Thank you so much for dealing Yeah, thank you for having us. And, and please come it. back again. We love having you on. Yeah, without Nick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Just kidding. <laughs> Nick's all offended. Me. Hey, I mentioned, I mentioned this thing on resume material, so. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you should put it on your resume now. Oh, yeah. I'll add that. I don't know if that um, counts towards anything in the veterinary field, but I'll put it on there. Maybe a podcaster. Maybe it works for men. Yeah, right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Thank you. We gotta write some more songs.